0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Small Seed Big Impact Podcast. We hope these episodes plant seeds that inspire big impacts in your life. Shane and I are your hosts. Don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know what you thought of this week's episode. All right, y'all. Enjoy. Enjoy.
1: Cold of the night, when you finally broken your insomnia, or so you thought, you awaken from this terrible dream you can't quite understand. So instead, you cling towards a light switch because the darkness in the room seems to be swallowing you whole with no escape. In the light, you know you are safe. It's no coincidence. Excuse me, for the Savior died to comfort you on nights like this, on nights like these. It's no coincidence. These night terrors began the day you decided to partner with your future. No longer speaking life into dead situations, for the enemy knows. The only way he can stop you is by trapping you in your mind like a thief in the night. Only here to steal, kill, and destroy your hope. To tamper with your journey, causing a ripple through your destiny in the light. You know you are safe. For the Savior died to comfort you on nights like this. On nights like these, isn't it funny? These night terrors began the day you decided to silence the enemy's voice. And started walking towards your purpose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so good. Anybody oh, no. that knows her voice? <laughs> oh, That's our friend Carly Janae Brown joining us on the podcast. Carly Janae Brown, that is shit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like want to be called? Because I call you Janae. Well, yes, yeah, but like so your stage name, name is
1: like no, Carly's is my last name Carly. Carly's Name. So oh. you just got my full government, not in order. But I go by Carly Janae poetry wise. Carly Janae, yeah. that's it. No brown in there. No brown.
0: Because <laughs> <This color. laughs> I'm like we. I call you Janae, right? but like your all your other stuff so is Carly. True. Whenever I fill it you off, I'm like, wait, what? okay, yeah. What's My today. <laughs> <laughs> um, we met you. I'm gonna do a quick little intro, and then we'll jump into it. So we met Carly. <laughs> Don't we read my notes? <laughs> you didn't No, no it's okay. I like. I feel like oh, it's well, better. It. I only it to one person. Sent them like what the questions I was gonna talk about. Because yeah, I kind remember. of feel like mm-hmm. it's better to do it on the spot. Oh yeah, it is. You For know, sure. I mean, then it's angry. like a more genuine answer yeah. or a more genuine Plus, conversation. their
2: faces. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing there's no camera. No. <laughs> Somewhere Shane might have one
0: in the corners. <laughs> No, but we met Carly the summer of 2018, sure. which is crazy because it's 2020 now. We've been knowing yeah. you for a while. She was oh, our first yeah. intern when we first moved to Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Yep, and she's our mastermind behind all of our beautiful design, like everything that has to do with design. All of our watercolors, <laughs> our website. Yes. What else? What else were you up to? Just literally everything. Yeah. When we rebranded, so she was like, "Yep, the photography." She took the, she was on was the book
2: cover. It's- somewhere it's right
0: there oh yeah she took the yeah. photos for the redemption book cover how do you
2: feel of- about that
1: it's pretty cool oh, to cool. see your work nice. on print
2: i should give you a book you should probably never read it Yeah. <laughs> know, no, no,
0: just rip actually just give her just that. <laughs> <laughs> she'll need oh, the whole the book, book <laughs> no, the
2: <book's laughs>
0: like, a cool physical thing
2: like a, yeah, just keep it in a drawer somewhere <laughs>
0: Someone finds
2: it in
1: you her move, house. When
2: like, oh, yeah! The book cover. I did do that. Put it in another drawer.
1: <laughs>
0: uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, never, never have it on display because people
1: will <laughs> yeah. really be like, no what is going they on?" Open it. Huh?
2: Well, no okay. one knows unless they open it. Also, that's it's that's like the weird. most like mainstream. It's like not a lot of that aspect of the book. This one is more like should try to make it like a lifestyle book. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, don't read it. The cover is intriguing. I don't think it's your
1: thing. The yeah, no.
2: So probably not probably not I
1: but mean, the cover would totally draw me in because the word redemption so yeah that
2: was from my tattoo I was fine okay that's yep. okay. pretty
1: cool oh Abram. is it it's on your back it's
2: right here do you have a tattoo on your back oh, yeah it says gangster okay <laughs> <laughs> two this, You're totally, yeah. this one's from this one
0: so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the redemption of the gangster <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good <laughs> But lately, you've been up to doing your own thing. You have your own design agency now, which is Creative Roots.
1: Yes.
0: And you are your homework. Girl, you know. <laughs> I've been following you anyway, so I already know what you're doing. But she it. is also the host of Naked Exposed podcast, mm-hmm.
1: which comes out... slight plug. <laughs> every, every 15th and 22nd of the month, unless it's an off-season. But we're currently in session. Currently
0: in session. And the poet slash, I don't know, do you call yourself like an author or is it a poet for your book? Titles Because, yeah, it's a poetry, it's a book of short poems. Yeah. So it's called, did you write hurts, a book? It Hurts to did Heal. You, did you write
2: a book? Mm-hmm. You're an author.
0: Okay.
1: So by default. Author. I'm an yes. author who's a poet po- who speaks. <laughs> who also speaks. speaks. Who also I designs. can also talk. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> Everything.
0: And <laughs> photography, but are you oh, still doing yeah. photography?
1: That's a great question. I have learned that areas in which I stopped growing in or, or learning in, I stopped growing. So when design came back in, I kind of forgot about photography and didn't push myself to learn anything new. So I grew frustrated with it. So I'm at a place now where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to learn again. They're just balance because I'm all over the place. Yeah, as yeah. You read it, as, you're, <laughs> as you're reading, I'm, I, yeah, it's a lot.
0: But okay, so tell us a little bit about your background, what got you into design, your calling, all of these kind of things. Cause you, real quick, like background, background, start like back in college, oh, cause yeah. you started, you were like on a path towards something yeah. totally different than what you're doing now. So I
1: have to go back to high school. I was introduced to design. Around the age of 12, back when we weren't supposed to have MySpace pages, but I (laughs) discovered that I could recode MySpace pages, and I wasn't necessarily in it for the coding, I was in it for the design aspect of it, so front-end developer if you're looking for something with correct language. And so moving forward, when basketball didn't work out, I started to get into design, which my high school had a three-year design program, and that was all she wrote, like I knew that is what I I wanted to do. I applied to one university, which was East Carolina University, and by God's grace, I did get in, but I did get deferred, but I'm not salty <laughs> of that anymore. <laughs> anymore. do talk about that anymore. And so I went on this journey. I said I was going to be creative director for ESPN. That was my goal. Senior year came. I had the opportunity to become the first African-American vice president for my student government, and I was like, okay anxiety is not my portion. I struggled with anxiety. I struggled with depression. I got into um, poetry around that time, but I realized like the word says that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so right then and there, I knew anxiety was just the root of fear. And I knew that it wasn't what God had given me, but I didn't know what that looked like. I had come to Christ at 11. My first encounter with Christ was around seven when my uncle was pronounced brain dead and the Lord had a couple of my family members pray at the same time, they didn't know, did not know that they were both praying and my uncle set up the next day talking on father's day. That's and God gave him literally three days to say his, his goodbyes. And so it was like, wait a minute. Okay, God, you're real. And so he's always been there. I just haven't full, I didn't fully surrender to it until my senior year. And that's when he was like, let's go. <laughs> And so what I thought I was going to be doing, no. It's been three years now. I would have never known that all of these opportunities with internships and with jobs and with clients and having my own design agency and being a published author and having a podcast and dot, 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 like, I would have never known unless, if I had not surrendered in that moment, who knows where I would be, seriously. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I say the same thing. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy when you think about it. Like I like everything had to happen in order for me to get to this place where I am and where I am in Christ and then where I am physically. Because even when I look back at things that have happened over twenty nineteen by me supernaturally getting a job and supernaturally losing it, if I didn't supernaturally lose the job, there are things that I was able to do from that point until now, that I would not have been able to do if I was working on that deadline.
0: Reach. Oh, cool. Yeah. What? Okay. Talk about the naked and exposed. Like, how did that come to you? What did that look like before mm-hmm. you kind of crafted
1: that into what it is now? Yeah. So at the end of my collegiate year, once I gave up everything that I thought my life was supposed to look like, especially when it pertained to creative director for ESPN and the only reason I wanted to still participate with sports is because I had created an identity out of brokenness so because I felt like me and my dad didn't have the best relationship but I knew that him and my mom both played on a sports scholarship my dad played basketball at East Carolina University I felt like well if I stick with sports like oh my dad will love me a lot more but it's like wait my dad loves me a lot already I just need the perspective to see it and I'm not going on a tangent I promise like there's a point to this so when I surrendered that over and um just said no to some opportunities like moving out to San Francisco to work with a design agency that is works hand in hand with ESPN it's like wait a minute okay I'm saying no because this is not what you want me to do and so my university hired me temp as a full-time designer once college ended and I took the leap of faith, moved back home, and realized that I wanted to figure out what life looked like designing for the Lord or creating for the Lord, even though I was at this crossroad where I was like, is design even what I'm supposed to be doing? And so I applied to this internship with Elevation Church. And of course, you select three different roles that you want to go to. And of course, I got picked up for graphic design. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> what were your other two? Photography and creative writing. Oh, okay. Or writing. So, yeah like social media and long story short I got picked up for graphic design and it was the most challenging painful season of my life like when I say everything went left as soon as I moved to this new territory like I call it my wilderness season but I realized that it was a season where I needed to heal to understand what the mother and father wounds are to really seek the Lord by studying the word and then just surrendering like fasting praying and allowing my community to show up for me. And in that process, I, ooh, ooh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, let me come back. Because do, 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 my, like, y'all, my mind will run, like, I'm all <laughs> over the place because I want to make sure that I'm telling the story correctly. And so during that season, as I was studying in one of the um, sessions of Coffee in Christ, which we would get up at early in the morning, I was about to say something real crazy. Let me come back <laughs> We would get up real early and um, just seek the Lord. And I remember reading Hebrews four thirteen, which we will all stand before the Lord naked and exposed to whom we must give an account. And I highlighted it. And when I got back home, I realized that I, there, that I had been writing. I had, I was off of social media the whole time I was there and I was like, let's see. Like I, God told me I'm supposed to write a book. He's told me I'm supposed to have a show. And when I looked down at my Bible, I was like, okay, Naked and Exposed, like, like God, you've called me to look transparent, you've called me to sacrifice my scars for public display so people don't feel alone, but it wasn't until about four months after I started to run with this vision that I realized na- the, Naked and Exposed, which is, the abbreviations are N-A-E, are the last three letters of my first name. And it was like, whoa, okay, that's confirmation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's yeah. neat. That's really cool. I've actually never heard that story. Yeah. Of how Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm like actually, I actually have never heard this before. How do you how do you leave behind an old identity because you were stepping into a new identity and this is like a thing that I think a lot of people struggle with is holding on to old identities or even who maybe identities that other people give us. Oh,
1: this is a great question. <laughs> What I am coming to learn is that there is only one truth. And that is sometimes hard for people to grasp because it's like, well, I have my truth and you have your truth. And yes, our individual truths make up our our realities and it shapes our perspectives based on our experiences and our upbringing. But my truth comes from the word of God. So I have to take what I believe to be true and take it to the word of God and allow God to show me him through it. And so if you read the story of Moses and Israel, the difference between Moses and Israel is because Moses knew God for who he was, his character, his nature, his attributes. Israel only knew what God could do for them as far as blessings. And you'll see that God wanted to give Israel all of him, but they said, no, we don't want that lest we die. So they basically shut that off. We're too afraid. Let Moses be the only one that's in communication with you. And so for me, it's realizing that when I discover who God is for his, for who he is as far as his character, God says he's patient. God says he's long-suffering. God says he's, he's just, he's merciful. He's kind. He's loving. But once I start to see the truth in who he is and to know that he's never changing, I'm able to take areas of brokenness and pain that I thought were true and realize like, wait a minute, that's not true. Um, so for example, coming back home was hard for me. Because it's like, no, you're, you're supposed to be sending me out like an arrow. Like, why are you sending me back home? But God's like, the only way to know you're healed is to go back into an area that's caused you the most pain and to walk it out. And so reality is, is yes, my parents got divorced when I was young. Yes, my parents love me. But my parents are human and they only operate out of where they are. And so I had to allow God to show me his perspective for both my parents so that I could see where I thought my mom was judging or criticizing me was really just her correcting out of love but because I was broken or wounded or looking for affirmation and other things outside of Christ I realized like that's not my identity goes back to the ESPN thing that identity was burped out of brokenness because of me seeking that affirmation and approval from my dad not realizing that my dad he's given me all that he knows how to give me and where he lacks God makes up for the rest and so it's like sure, at the end of the day, I am a designer, I am a poet, but first and foremost, I'm a child of God. So I introduce myself as a child of God, and I make sure, like, I'm learning how to walk out that characteristics, those characteristics, so that that's the first identity people see. And then, oh yeah, I design too, or all right, you know, but my first identity is looking through that lens as a child.
0: How do you, how did you recognize that, that your identity wasn't like you said, you're realizing that the ESP the ESPN thing was kinda of stemmed from your fa- from your father's um like you and your relationship yeah. with your father. How does someone recognize if the identity that they're walking into or the the path that they're on is not actually
1: that's meant fair. for them? Yeah, sometimes you don't know, um, because we live in a culture where where people will say, Claim it speak it and claim it or you manifest what no 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 no. Like that's not true at all. There and I don't. Oh, Lord help me. You'll hear me. you'll hear me call out to the Lord because I have to draw back sometimes, y'all. Because I can go super spiritual. Or I can stay super mellow, and I want to be careful and I, and I want to respect the audience. <laughs> so forgive me, because you'll hear me talk to myself like. And I'm not crazy, you guys. It's just <laughs> learning how to live balance in Christ, and I didn't think that's the whole point. Like it's trial and error. So I didn't just wake up and be like, oh, I'm here, I've arrived, I still haven't arrived, like there are still struggles and challenges, and, it, and it's really just a process of taking thoughts captive, because I know the word of God, and because I know the truth of God, and because I've experienced God in ways that I don't even know how to explain, when thoughts come up that try to send me back into my past, I know I now have the authority to say, wait a minute, God's word based on Philippians 4, 8 says to think about what's good, to think about what's pure, to think about what's just, to think about what's honorable, and when I think about being anxious or so when I think about not being good enough, that's not God's nature. Why? Because God says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And so it's really just been a trial and error, era of taking my thoughts ca- captive and actually walking it out. I wish I could say back when I was in ju- my 11th year, I was going to say 11th grade, uh, junior year of college, that when I said, okay, I'm going to give my life to you, that the next day it was a cakewalk. Like literally it's been almost, it's been three years. Three, four, almost no, three. It's been almost five years. <laughs> Hold on. Right. It's been almost five I've been out of school for three, but then junior year is like two years in from senior mm-hmm. year. Like it's been this has been a five year journey. And it's like I just had to really study who he is to understand that even what I thought was true, even areas in which I have argued people down, fussed people out because this is true. I had to ask for forgiveness because I was wrong. But that's the process. Like We'll never be perfect, but we're constantly being transformed to look more like him. And it's not to say we're not going to get it right or we're not going to have down days, but it's learning how to take the tools in which he has given us based on our relationship and based on who the word says that he is and walking that
0: how do we like how do we work through <clears throat> suffering and hardships that life brings to us in different seasons when we feel like oh we're on a, like you know i'm on a really good path right now and then something kind of something really difficult just gets thrown at us Ooh, why that's, does that happen that's a good and question. also how do you work through those things so one why <laughs> <laughs>
1: Does um, Shane want to come in and give us opinion? No, no, this is good. It, and this is a great conversation because it's really challenging me. And even in this moment, um, before we got on the podcast, we prayed. And I'm very intentional about saying less of me, God, and more of you. Because I know sometimes I don't even have the words, but I rely on the Holy Spirit to give me that clarity. So the reality is, is we live in a fallen world when adam and eve sinned it opened up the door to sin and that we now have that that is an access point that is an open door and it's not to say that sickness and disease doesn't happen it's not going to say that trials and tribulations isn't going to happen because the bible is very clear about rejoicing through it about counting it all joy because we know that it it is the testing of our faith Ooh, lord help me it's for the yep struggle produces endurance endurance produces character and character produces hope it's so that our character will be refined in the fire so that again we have the character that represents who he is because we know that we're created in his image and his likeness but when we when adam and eve sinned we fell away from his likeness and so likeness is going back to god's characteristics and his nature and learning how to walk that thing out so It happens because we live in a sin world, but it's learning how to, one, take your thoughts captive, learning how to really work the word. Ephesians 6 says to put on the armor of God because this battle is not against flesh and blood, so it's learning like, oh, I just prayed for patience yesterday. No wonder I got stuck in traffic when I was supposed (laughs) to be here at four, and it's almost 420. Like, it wasn't that late, but you... It's those, it's being able to recognize that any moment can be a test and how am I going to still show up my best and still walk this thing out without allowing complaint to come into my heart, without allowing bitterness to come into my heart and to always just live from a son mindset, daughter mindset. In the Bible, we're considered sons just like we are considered brides. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) when I say that, when I say that, like sons, it's,
1: it's universal.
0: How do you okay? So, I feel like now we're in a world where, like, something like that, for example, like where people may kind of get like, oh, like the Bible says this. And so, in a world where labels and different things, I just feel like we kind of are like constantly. Not under attack, but feeling like, yeah, we are, but also feeling like um, the identity of the Bible is kind of, like, maybe only towards, like, it's always talking about man and then people are, like, getting offended by that. How is that, like, different now, like, taking the stories of the Bible and realizing that those were, like, during that time and meant for that time and applying that
1: to today's yeah, world yeah really good so we know that in timothy it says that the bible is is the, the living true and living word of god so we know that every person who has had their hand in the bible was inspired by the holy spirit like it, it is written by god from god through his vessels that decided to write it so yes every bible story especially if you're looking at the the old testament the new testament we know that the bible was written for a specific it was in a specific time period But it's still applicable to us today, which is why you have preachers and teachers that have learned how to teach the word of God. So it's never changing, especially in the new covenant, the new covenant, which is once Jesus died on the cross and the veil was torn, we were now issued, sent into the ability to have the Holy Spirit dwell in us. Jesus said, I must go so that he can come. And we know that the Holy Spirit is our comforter, our teacher. We know that the Holy Spirit is the one that does the transformative work within us, but it all goes back to relationship and surrender. Like, it's so easy to say, oh, this Bible was written by man, or this Bible is sex this, like but that's not true like have you op- and i'm not saying you but for anybody it's like have you actually opened up the bible and given god a chance to show himself to, to show you who he is or are you going by, by the hand-me-down water down words of other people and offense is a real thing forgiveness is a real thing and so the word tells you to to study the word to test yourself approve, and that's what you have to do you have to have your own relationship with the lord And in that relationship with the Lord, he'll begin to transform you to be able to see things clearly.
0: I feel like we're in a time period where there are, like, so many grace teachers right now. I think we're, like, coming into, (laughs) you know, because I feel like a lot of people sometimes when they think about Christianity, even, like, us, like, there's such this stigma around it, or even specifically, not to say anything against, against Catholic people, but, like, Catholic, like, the Catholic religion is very strong when you say Oh, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. People think Catholic automatically, I feel like. But I feel like we're coming into a time where there's just so many like grace preachers and teachers yeah. who are out there actually teaching like the real word. Yeah. And I think it's a new wave is coming of like new Christians that are like, yes, like we just
1: love everyone. And we just Which like. It's, is, oh Lord. Yeah, help me again. Because it's at the end of the day, how did e- the enemy trick? Eve into eating the apple he deceived her like that's all that is running rampant in this world is deception and if the enemy can keep us from knowing the truth experiencing truth then he'll keep us bound and it'll keep us separated from God sin is just the separation from Christ and sure we can the the Bible tells us to love everybody and at the end of the day I love everybody but I still believe in what the word says Mm -hmm. and I operate out of that. And I think that's the balance. The balance is, knowing that you're going to offend people, that people are going to be upset, but understanding like my intentions aren't to offend you or to hurt you. But I'm learning that if you have conversations with people and you talk to people, you can understand their background. You can understand their story and you can even understand how they got to where they have gotten, whether it be in belief or just in lifestyle. And I think that's what we're missing is just communication and relatability. And you just have to be careful. Like, god is a god of grace but he also is a god of mercy <laughs> like he's also <laughs> a god of wrath like people in the in the old testament if you went against the laws that were in place like they literally dropped it and died in that moment and sometimes we forget like god is still that same god but we are under a different covenant so there is more grace and more favor but let's use david for example and i was thinking about this the other day like david was god's anointed like he was after god's own heart but he still sinned by tricking uriah like killing uriah and sleeping with his wife he repented but the child still died and so sometimes i think that we don't realize that and i'm and i've been wrestling with this like and, and it's like just because you don't believe in god doesn't mean there still aren't consequences And I think that's where I have to be like, I'm not God. I can only pray and I can only allow my life and the things that I do and speak to reflect him and pray that people come to know him through that. And I think that takes the burden off of my shoulders to know that I'm just one vessel. But at the same time, like there are still consequences for our actions and there there are still blessings for our actions. And so that's the, I told you, it's an ongoing process. (laughs) (laughs) because I'm learning and I never want to get to a place where I'm like oh I got it all figured out and I don't even want anybody listening to feel like condemned because God is not the God, he doesn't condemn, God is the God of conviction so if you feel a tug on your heart, if this is making you think about things, if this is bringing up memories from the past or just terrible experiences like I am going to challenge you to invite the Lord in and allow him to show you the truth in the moment to know that God doesn't he doesn't want you to wallow in shame, guilt, or fear. He doesn't want you to wallow in anger. He wants you to live in peace. Like he wants you to walk in love. He wants you to have continuous joy. He wants you to count it all joy. But we have to be okay with surrendering to to the nudge of the Holy Spirit because that's what it is. And that's a whole other topic for a whole other day because people have <laughs> you know different their perspective of the Holy Spirit can sometimes be spooky and strange, but He's not. Um, so yeah.
0: Is our ego in direct battle with our spirit? Oh, yeah. the, flesh, the flesh and the spirit
1: is always duking it out. You can read Galatians five, where it talks about um, it talks about walking after the things of the spirit. It talks about what the things of the flesh are. And so that's where it says, like, we're supposed to have the fruits of the spirit, which is peace, love, joy, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, self-control. And then it talks about things of the flesh, like in our, our flesh and our spirit are always. And that's that. I think that's sometimes where we get caught up is because it's pleasurable or because it's fun and exciting. I mean, being being a believer is not a cakewalk, like <laughs> it's not because you have to die to the need to be justified you have to die to the need to find pleasure and stuff like to to no longer find pleasure in things that were once enjoyable it's closing the doors and not entertaining like for example i i was never a huge drinker but i gave up drinking back at the beginning of 2017 because even when i would drink i was convicted but i didn't know that that's what that language was it's Conviction, and then I had to stop listening to secular music. And I'm not saying, and it's like everybody has their own different conviction. <laughs> I'm like, what that's what I literally well. you too. But I, ha- yeah. I had to because the, the word says to guard your gates. And I know for me, as soon as I listen to one secular song or I let my guard down just a little bit, I'm singing songs that I didn't <laughs> even know I remembered, you know? And so I just, for me, I have to be very intentional. And I've had some very interesting conversations with some of my peers who can still listen to secular music And still worship the Lord and it not interfere. And and I get it, it goes back to their people group. Sometimes we're all assigned to different people groups. But for me, I can't do it. And so that's another way and how I walk this thing out is learning, like, what are areas that are stumbling blocks in my life? And how can I create boundaries so that I don't go back? Because the Bible says that God is not a God of temptation. So he doesn't put things in front of us for us to fall or to stumble, but he is the god of the way out. So he always gives us some way out. But whether we take it, that's a whole other
0: story. <laughs> that's how you are too, with I music. Know. Like yeah.
2: Music gets me. Yeah. i will tell them he gets me too. Yeah. But yeah. But I'll like, I cave into it though. And then I'll like, <laughs> I'll like go on like a downward spiral. I'll like over listen to it and then I'm like, er! and then something like really bad usually has to happen and I'll come back come up. Back up. But I I think when I first, I probably, in prison, so I was 22 probably, and I probably didn't finally listen to secular music until 2016. Yeah, I was going to say, because even when we were, yeah, when we were together, he still wouldn't. So four years, I was like, because I started in prison, and then it was 2016, I think I finally, like, started listening to it again. That's when you think. You're like, oh, I'm strong enough. I'm okay. I can
1: do it. I'm like, oh, I'm strong enough. Okay. Okay. God, you want me to... But I know that God gives grace in a moment. So, like, there will be times where some people from college will hit me up and be like, hey, we're... Do you want to hang out? And my natural reaction is like, no. Like, you know? But then it's like, wait a minute, like, God... Why? Well, originally, no, because I know my stumbling blocks. And I know that sometimes there's not going to be... So this is the battle. Like, this is the battle. Because... And it's like not falling into religiosity or being a hypocrite, like not being a Pharisee, because it's like I know the word of God and I know how I am and they know me from who I, who I used to be mm-hmm. but they haven't experienced who I am. And so it's like how am I going to maneuver? So these past few years have actually been more challenging with learning how to maneuver with people who once knew me because sometimes it's even hard for them to accept who you have now become. And so I'll go, and I know in that moment I have the grace to do it, but as soon as I leave, that's it. And so, I'm I'm learning, like, there are moments where God needs me to go into certain environments because I walk in the authority and the power, and then there's some moments where I'm like, God, I just can't. Like, I'm just not ready. Mm -hmm. And so...
2: But do you think you are actually ready?
1: I probably could be.
2: Like, if you feel like you're being called to, Uh, you're probably ready, and then you're just like...
1: And so that goes back to fear it goes back to the residue that fear has left behind and so and it takes community and people of like-mindedness to be able to call it out for me to even recognize it so there's so many like components to this thing (laughs) y'all which i'm grateful for my community i think that a lot of the acceleration or just being able to be where i am right now three years out of school is because of my church because of the, I was at Elevation, now I'm at Legacy Center Church, and even the process getting to Legacy, like, it was literally God telling me to go, and it's like, I, like, being in a healthy church, oh my gosh, (laughs) it's the best thing, because you have trust, you have safety, and you have given people permission to call you out on your junk, or given them permission to be able to say, well, I know you want to do this, but this, because there's safety in a multitude of wise counsel, and so that's been very relieving what has happened in your past three
0: years since you fully or five years I guess since you fully stepped into your faith I've gone to London
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm back at the beginning of 2018 when I was at elevation during my my season of I call it my wilderness season I remember God telling me clearly like I remember telling God send me I'll go and I knew that like traveling had a lot to do with it in order to share the gospel and of course, when you give God your yes, He tests you on that yes. And so He tested me locally, like two months after I said, wrote that in my prayer journal. He sent me to Atlanta. I was supposed to go with five girls. I ended up going by myself. The last girl said, "I literally don't know why I'm I'm not going. I just know I'm not supposed to go." And I'm like, "Okay, this is all God, like showing me that He is my protector and that He has me." So I did the solo trip to Atlanta. I drove, came back, great. What did you do in Atlanta? It was a conference. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I can't, so fast forward to 2019 on June 18th, three days after my birthday, I went to the store to get a prayer journal and I saw the, this, um, I was about to say podcast holder passport (laughs) cover and it had, it was a map and I was like, okay, I'm supposed to get this. Like, this is a faith move. Like. I said, send me, I'll go. I cannot make this up. Literally two weeks after that, my church announced that they were doing a missions trip in London. I got the passport cover on June 18th. (laughs) We were leaving December 18th. And I was like, okay, God, like clearly you want me to go? I was like, okay, let's see. Let's see. Like you got to raise this money. And we had to raise $1,500 and I raised $1,500 in three weeks.
2: In three weeks? And I had to get a passport. (laughs) And and catch this, you guys. I
1: went to get my passport in September. Yes, we were leaving in December. I know, I know. Bear with me. (laughs) And so I went. The day I scheduled my appointment to get my passport, found out that my mom, mom accidentally gave my brother my birth certificate when he was applying for his driver's license and never put my birth certificate back where it belonged. Oh, no. And I was not, I'm not born from North Carolina. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. When you're born from a different state, you typically have to go in physically to the Department of State to get your birth certificate. And the only reason I had them is because my mom had to get permission for somebody in Georgia years prior to, to get it for me. But thank God for technology. God is a good God. <laughs> he opened up the door for me to be able to get my birth certificate online, but I'm supposed to get my passport tomorrow, and it took took a little over a week and a half, expedited, to get my birth certificate. So, birth certificate came in, got my pass, went and supplied for supplied applied for my passport, and I got my passport in three weeks. I didn't expedite it. Oh, that's fast. That's good, yeah, because yeah, no it usually like, yeah, I'm takes it. like
2: four months. Yeah. I'm like, clearly, like, I'm I'm It's like eight to 12 weeks. Yeah. Like it does.
1: Yeah. It said eight to 12 weeks. You can expedite it for some more coins. And right now, yeah. my coins is a little tight <laughs> the because head? the Lord has shown me who he is as a provider. So I'm like, God, what is this? But I got my passport in three weeks. I raised the money in three weeks. Like,
2: That's cool. Is that what you sold the t-shirts for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have some. Yeah. yeah. I always remember. Like,
0: I actually got a compliment on it. We were like at one of those little stops on the highway or whatever. And then a woman came up behind me. I love your shirt. I was, like, I was like, wait, can you read it? I don't know what the so,
2: question. Did you struggle with allowing other people to drink when you weren't able to drink? Like other Christians specifically? That's a good question. So like. Because you thought it wasn't okay, mm-hmm. obviously, because it wasn't okay for you. Did you think it wasn't okay for other people? Yep. All right. Me too. Hardcore. <laughs> hard I don't. You wanted her. You wanted her to say that. No, I knew no, she was going no, to I, like I, I do, she has like, a very similar <laughs> story. You're like when you come in the states and you're like called to try to. I don't like to use the word convert, but lead. Yeah. Um, which ends to conversions. Anyway, marketing, we're marketing, we're marketing tools, we're walking advertising.
1: Listen,
2: Uh, but anyway, but I had the same problem and I still do to this day. Like, I don't like when people drink, I think it's a terrible tool, but like, some people can do it and be perfectly fine. I'm just not one of those people. I'm not one of those people.
1: Like, like, y'all, I have crazy stories. Like, I just could not understand how people could get blacked out drunk and not remember. Because the one time I tried to get, like, I drank, I'm like, why can I see this person's mess? Like, why am I, like, I was extremely aware. I'm like, get me out of here. Like, it it was one of those, but it's funny that you asked that because I came across a post today where the person, like, it was a scrolling post that says, are Christians allowed to drink? And I think the person's, like, breakdown was extremely beautiful. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, we all have different convictions, but it goes back to the root. Like, why are you drinking? Mm are you or, drinking actually, because alcohol is, is a antidepressant so if you're drinking to cope if you're always going for alcohol if you're always running for alcohol in social settings like there's a problem and forgive me but there is a root, and that route needs to be addressed because it, yeah I don't know
2: anyone who's like genuinely happy that drinks no I Not don't a single person. <laughs> like I don't
0: it's so strange that socially that's, like, a thing you do. Like, you go, or, like, anything you're doing, oh, let's have a game night. Okay, yeah, like, let's drink also while we're having a game night. Like, or you just go like, to the bar where you're just standing
2: around. And the people who drinks, like, <laughs> want you to drink. Because they, I know, like, deep down I know they feel bad about doing it. And they want you to, like, contribute into it. Listen. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, most people think I don't drink because I'm, like, religious. But it's not why I don't drink. I don't drink because when I drink, I'm a terrible drunk. Like, I get yeah. angry. When I drink, I become very angry.
1: But That's good, that lets you know your boundaries and, and the doors that you just will not go back down. And now, I'm gonna challenge you on this secular music, you know. I I'm, would <laughs> I'm give it time. <laughs> no, yeah. I go through phases right now. I'm on like my
2: YouTube kick, I'm like only listening to like motivational stuff, okay. which usually is how I like respark my brain. Mm-hmm. And then I'll listen to like motivational music, which is kind of neat because it's like, what's that? Especially like, like, so I like hardcore music, like, I listen to Christian rap, okay, because I don't like contemporary Christian music slow. Yeah. Well. Um, slow. <laughs> I like it when I'm in the mood. But like, most of the He's time, most, was, most of the time I'm, I'm, married married, I'm like very extreme, usually. <laughs> but like motivational yeah. music, it's like, it's usually hardcore, kind of Screamo.
0: Is there Screamo Christian music?
2: Yeah, there is, like Skillet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Skillet? You've never heard Skillet? No. I, uh, I never knew them in I love them. Either. Like, they're... Yeah, we'll play some music <laughs> before you leave. But, like, they're, like... They're, like... Yeah. They're, like they're very motivational. So, so they're, they're all about, like, being... Like, they're in Song Invincible. is probably, like, one of their biggest ones. Um, or Monster, which is kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Cool. But that's a good one, too. But, yeah, they're, like, very hardcore, like, hard metal, bass drops, screaming, and... and Christian ones don't have swearing, but the other ones do. What do you feel about swearing? I don't. No, what do you feel
1: about swearing? I don't like it. I'm curious. Did you use... Oh, what? (laughs) And I don't say that in a boastful way. Like, my mouth was terrible. I had anger issues. I was very problematic, but again, it goes back to brokenness. It goes back to pain. It goes back to overcompensating, feeling like that I always had to prove myself or I needed to be heard. Like, I was all operating out of brokenness and so alcohol and cursing were in secular music were the three things that were like instant mm. um, and my pastor does this analogy where she, um, she they bring up they, they break up like crackers or I can't remember what they break up but they put it in a cup and I think it's crackers and they pour water in it and so what floats to the top is the low level stuff that immediately starts to go away once you start to surrender to Christ, which is typically like swearing and depending on where alcohol is, as far as like the root of why you're doing it. But like the, the, the little stuff comes up, but then it's like the deeply rooted stuff that begins to take time to uproot. And so cursing for me was one of those low level stuff. It was like, mm-hmm. I can stop this, like if I want to, and so I stopped and to this day when some of my friends or I'm not going to say some of my friends because all of my friends do not curse it and it goes back to who I surround myself with but I may have there may be a couple that may say a curse word here and there and it's literally like like why are you cursing and it'll go into a debate but I think that's healthy I think you have to have those type of friendships that challenge you but I always think I'm right you know yeah, no everyone wants to say right
2: so wait so, so I didn't swear for like four years and then I swore again I swear again it, you know what, though? It it's time.
0: literally like what you're saying. The music, people used surpre- to, it's, it's yeah, the it's, I in, so yeah. I was gonna no, say, it's where you're surrounding I stopped, yourself.
2: The with. I started listening to second music again is because the kitchen I ran was always playing in <laughs> exactly. the background, like, all my employees would play it all the time, and then it would like slowly creep no into headphones. my mind. No,
1: I'm
2: no, no not having headphones, headphones manufacturing food. <laughs> no, them, i did not have headphones, but I let them pick it, and they all pick a station on Pandora and it just okay. rotates. Which I had my station on there too, so like, they would listen to Christian rap and not know it was kind of cool. Um, anyway, I think if you're really strong-willed, you can surround yourself with that. I'm not one of those people. Oh, no. I don't, think, like, I
1: don't think any of us are strong-willed, and I think that some goes Some people bad. can, though.
2: I some people can, like, be that one person in the middle of a hundred and just, like, radiate themselves. Some people can.
1: In which way? Like, in the kingdom or outside of the kingdom? Because I, I have oh, only... A person
2: from the kingdom. Yeah, the I can
1: only see it successfully. Right, yeah. I'm thinking about a light
2: president. with a bunch of darkness.
1: Okay, so that's what I meant, like... We, but that's not
2: me. Okay. I I'm need like, I'm I can take like seven people, but no, i am the light,
1: and I'm one of the lights mean. in the dark. Like, I can totally be that one person that's just like, and then that's why like building this business is so like pressing on my heart because I know that I have an opportunity to create something that culturally is around Christ without it being all up in your face
2: all right back to my question yes. <laughs> so do you think so like people are like uh tony robbins who uses swear as like taboo to like penetrate your brain do you think like s- the swearing words are incorrect or do you think the intention behind swearing is what's incorrect
1: that's a great question mm. that is because great question. i
2: personally think intentions matter more than words because i know people that say really nice things <laughs> but they're trying to insult you mm-hmm. and that's just as bad as swearing like who even said swears were swears this is like I. This is like this is my first. I'm most curious what you think.
1: No, I think it's good. I wish I could say I knew who Tony Robinson is.
2: You <laughs> know <He's called> Tony <laughs> Robinson, and I might, but speaker. I might
1: not. Like maybe
2: so like, <laughs> he's like the top number one for like 40 like, years. I don't
1: know. And Eric was, Thomas, I love like Brown. Oh yeah,
2: Eric Thomas. Let's Brown. I love both of those well, people. Maybe it's Ro- just me. let's man. start talking about Tony Robinson. <laughs> and
1: he, I huh, you know what? Tony Robinson
2: is white. No.
1: <laughs> The Lord is dealing
2: with you guys. Les Brown and Eric. It it goes back to mm, my
1: reality is black. I am black. No, you're a human. Hold on, hear me out. I'm not. Hear me out. Knock this mic over. Look, look, (laughs) before I can even get it out, you guys, hear me out. I know that race reconciliation is something that's on my life, but again, it goes back to the roots. Like it goes back to what systematically has been put in place, and so. My first point of contact are always African Americans if I can control it. Can I count on my hand how many black professors or teachers I've had over my course of school? I sure can. So my yes, my reality is white in a sense, but my personal experiences always go black. Why? Not saying it's intentional. But is Tony
0: Robbins white? I'm of course, not to Tony look Robbins is up. white. Is he? Yes, I feel like yes, he's, no, he's
1: like a mixed.
0: He kind of looks That's like a
2: mixed person
1: but that's crazy cause like
2: I associate with more urban people because I grew up really urban so I like Eric I, I know like know who he is I know he is
1: and I only know him
2: because he always came up on YouTube but the first person I ever listened to on motivational was Eric yeah. Thomas Be- and then Les Brown <clears throat> not because they're black because they're urban
1: And this is a very great. It's something again. It's why you have to have community because I would have never known that my personal point of contacts or references would be African Americans. Mm. But in my reality, it doesn't seem like that's ever the case because I'm not. I don't ever feel like I see a lot of African Americans in my reality.
2: Why?
1: I don't like you. Don't really see them. And that was your church like? Well, my church is black. But I'm saying, I'm saying, like in the context of like life, when it comes to like the realities of life, like my schools, like I was always the only African American like within my programs, and so I never. What about when you went to like Elevation? I was one of like five, like, and, and that's also another thing that I'm like starting to learn is that like even the segregation within the churches, like there's only a black church because of quote unquote white churches not speaking up for black rights. Or not standing against slavery, and again, I'm not trying to go down that path. But <laughs> this is my life, so I'm called to faith. I'm called to race reconciliation, and I'm at a very interesting point in my life where I love design, but I also love social justice. Mm-hmm. But what does that look like? And if you wouldn't have pointed that out,
2: we should make I wouldn't have realized <laughs> because, like, I hate the movement of any race being specific to one race or any sex being specific to mm-hmm. one sex for the movement. Mm-hmm. It, like really bothers me. Cause like what usually black people talk about that they face for segregation, I'm white and I face the exact same thing of like police discrimination and false imprisonment. Yeah. And I went through the same cycle that people say only it only happens to black people. Yeah. But I'm like, listen, I've dealt with the justice system and I've been in prison with thousands yeah. of inmates. It happens to all people. Every single one of them. And it's I like really I'm like I think collectively everyone needs to come together and stop segregating completely.
0: That's it's a well that would be like the greater big picture, right? But
2: I I think think that issue. What what I'm saying is, as long as people focus on one race at a time, that's never going to (laughs) happen.
1: But for me, what I am learning is because there has never been an acknowledgement towards the discrimination is why there's. And this is what I'm like studying and mm. not. And it's like, there's never been an acknowledgement like, okay, you guys were enslaved. Like, yes, we thought you were lesser than human. Like, it's always been.
2: Can I ask you a question? Sure. Do I need to apologize for you to forgive me?
1: No. So these are these are valid <laughs> things. So it's like them bringing in Christian, pri- Christian principles and the reality is we're supposed to forgive. But I think this also paints the the picture of like how generational curses are passed mm-hmm. along, how bitterness is passed along. So I'm walking in a reality of what my ancestors had to do with not even realizing that some of this baggage isn't even stuff that I created. Right. But mm-hmm. how do I have the conversation? Well, I'm just now coming into the truth of the segregation or just the realities even within the church. like this is all new information for me. So now how do I operate out of this by making sure that is center and that my feelings don't get in the way of how I operate and how do I not discriminate another race because I'm trying to figure out the truth of my own race. And then it's like, well, then that makes, well, black, like, okay, wait a minute. Like, let me not make this about black power. Like, no, 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 no. Like it's about unity. But what does that look like without, you know, repeating the cycle so (laughs) it's it's you all it's so complex but it just shows you how much the enemy has been at work
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but then it just also points to just how much god has been at work because of the movements even this conversation like i'm a black girl sitting in front of two white people (laughs) and we're having a conversation about race and god without i'm pretty tan by the way
2: (laughs) I'm I'm (laughs) I'm
1: I'm, I'm saying saying, like without, without without, like the conversation going so left because I'm used to that.
2: And I feel like
0: like the energy or recently what's been happening, especially like politically. Mm -hmm. So if we want to talk about like where social justice and politics and all of that is, it's so skewed right now like who we have in office right now is what's creating this world that I know you feel like it's it's segregating worse but I feel like I, feel like, he, but I feel like he's already been there. yeah but I feel like he's uprooting all of the good things that happened by like Obama That's being so in office interesting. I and it's like it like, that. I, like I feel like he's just highlighting more and more or trying to segregate more and more and create create Maybe the issue worse
1: than it right. actually I is. Agree too. That's,
2: That's yeah. interesting. I, yeah, because whenever you focus on yourself, you don't see anyone else.
1: Right. But which, which is what like he's trying it to it do. Different. Like yeah. I see it in the sense of him just exposing what is all. But doesn't it just create right? more hate? Yes, it can, it does. But at the same time, like if you still like, like, hated your dad, already. how could you ever
2: love him? <laughs> but that happened, right? That was a fact. That's but something true. Yeah. But like, does talking about it every day correct it? No, 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 no. No. So then, how we're we talking about the hate of black people? Correct people from not being hated. Jane, I think you're spot on. I think you're I should,
1: spot like, on. About. Like hate doesn't begate hate. Like you have to meet hate with love. Right. And it goes back to character and transformation. And it goes back to realizing that you can't do it in your own strength. Like you need the help of the Lord, period. And I think this points back to Christ. Like, I think for so long, people have been trying to do it in their own strength, which is why we keep failing, Mm -hmm. which is why even these questions are like highlighting, like, wait a minute, Janae. Yes, you're called to this, but you you need me to do this because you don't want to keep repeating the same narrative that creates an even bigger segregation. Like, how do we come together by recognizing both rights and wrongs and then moving past those rights and wrongs without constantly talking about the wrong
0: mm-hmm.
1: and without putting the wrongs to the side and, and moving forward? And so... I wasn't prepared for this prepared for that right now. Like, I wasn't prepared for this, but I know that this is the shift that is happening. Um, and I'm just going with it. But you're you're right. Like, hate doesn't, it can't. You can't use hate to change things. But my perspective is that this hate has already been there. And now it's just on a national, a, a national level so that people can actually see it for what it is.
2: You don't think that makes it worse?
1: No, I'm not saying it doesn't. <laughs> I don't no, I think it's terrible all the way around the board, but I I have a soft spot for Trump, and I know I get those weird looks every time, but I know the Bible says that every person that's in authority was placed there by God. And so I know that Trump has a purpose for his position
2: What's I'm just kidding. I don't know I don't know if we'll ever I don't know if
1: we'll ever fully know like, in the this time. picture in this time but I know for me like my assignment is to just pray um, because the word talks about like it's God's desire that we live a good and peaceful life and that we're praying for our leaders and so I'm like okay God I may not understand but I'm gonna just, just cover this man just ask for wisdom because he is our president like you know like what he does does affect us on a, on a global yeah. scale. And so for me, it's just learning how to push my feelings aside and just pray what the Word of God says so that he's covered. So that maybe there's a decision that he needs to make. And because we prayed, that decision was met, made better than what it would have been if we had not prayed. Correct. We
2: so before we... I have another question. Before I <laughs> ask you your question, I think... I don't think it's like... I don't think black oppression is what matters the most in this movement that everyone's talking about. I think government abuse is what matters because they abuse it to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, they discriminate and kill and abuse anyone who gets in their way.
1: I think it's two different subjects. I think government abuse is a real thing, and I think black oppression is a real thing. I mean... It- if I could, my reality I think, is that I think every poverty
2: oppression is a real thing. Oh. Like if you're in low class, which is a lot of black people in the right. south. Right. But if you're white and low class, you still stay
1: there. <clears throat> but do you feel
0: like those are three separate things? No, because like, I don't
2: think I think blacks are in low class because of slavery. But do you so think if there, is there was? Over.
0: But do you think if there was a black low class person and a white low class person?
2: I think they're both. They would get. Tr-
0: they would get treated the same way if they were both like in being that a, situation. Being a
2: white kid who was poor. And treated that way, yes.
0: So
1: you, but were a, you with
0: other white kids, or were you with like
1: what was with the other situation? white kids? I think you bring a very great perspective um, because this is bringing me to a moment where I was sitting at the table with uh, the. One of the governors, I think it was, is Roy Cooper our governor now? Well, we that don't was know the last you know. one. I don't <laughs> know no, forgive me. I'm like just getting into really understanding politics and really being <laughs> educated. But whoever the last Republican governor was for North Carolina had the opportunity to sit down with him and a couple other student representatives. And they were talking about scholarships and the black, you know, bringing in the minority experience. And I realized in that moment, I can't adequately speak about the minority experience here because I'm not a kid who's here on student loans. Like my parents are paying out of pocket. So my reality doesn't even fit the conversation in which you brought me in here for. <laughs> but if I didn't have this role, there would be no black representation at this table. So I think you bring a very interesting perspective that's not often talked about. Like I, I, I've never thought about that. but I, And I think it's just because there's always been And then my reality is even as like different, like my, how I grew up is completely different than, you know, poor, low class individuals. And so it's always been an interesting dynamic. And I think that just makes it so much more fun of a (laughs) challenge to, to find a solution for. And I know the solution is here, but I don't even think these questions that you have would this, listen y'all I wish y'all could really see the inside of my brain because <laughs> it's like these are things I've just never thought about or never noticed and it's like these conversations are important if we don't have these conversations then we won't even know what the other person is thinking and i all even think that's the solution like that less comes. blaming mm-hmm. less assuming and more conversing and getting to the deeper understanding of how this person thinks like this, and how did this person get here? Because even though slavery and oppression is in my my, my culture, I can't necessarily say that I've always been oppressed. Do,
2: do you think focusing on color, though, stops conversing?
1: I don't think we can have conversations without focusing on color because of how much it has been in But I meant, do you culture.
2: think because black people hate white people, or black people think white people hate them, they don't stop and converse with them? That's what I meant by, like making color the factual like number one point stops from people like you and I talking about openly about this.
1: Yeah, I think color has a lot to do with it. I think sexuality has a lot to do with it. I think class
2: has a lot to do with it. But that's why I think focusing on that's
1: bad. And I'm not saying that it's not, but what is the solution? And I'm not saying you have the solution, but if this is all we know how to do is to segregate because somewhere along the way, easy. we were taught to do that. Like, how do you now raise up a next generation around
2: You stop unity? focusing on the segregation. Like, it can't be the forefront of all battles. That's the only, I, In my opinion, that's the only way. Like, if you take out the differences between you and I, and we're all just one, very human kind. There are no, there's no more, there's no blocking. Like, if I grow up thinking that... But
0: she's just, but... Good point that you that both you guys made because there's so many different set like it's not just black versus white or whatever because there's no, also know. women versus man there's right? also religious like, like re, yeah. yeah no I know
2: but like you gotta take that all out like completely
0: but
1: I think it's also harder to take race this is so common <laughs> like it's so deep now what I I don't think uh gender needs to be taken out. I think there are specific but I meant, like, roles women that thinking, women have, but women I think, think they're, they're
2: not good enough as men, and that like because in the 70s they were treated less than. So like that anger and hostility, and them trying to be like I got to do better than the man, mm-hmm. and then that creates some anger towards the man, right? And like,
1: and the easy way so, it but it that's to get that rid of that is to go back to the Word of God because though we right. are created equal, yes. there are things that men can do physically that we
2: can't. Right, and the same with race. Like if we're all created equal. What matters to you? Black and I'm white.
1: Hey guys, we know what Shane is passionate about. He's so beautiful, and I'm so excited to see what solutions and just, just what he does with it. Like because this, I don't even think this is controversy. I, I like think what people
2: find controversy.
1: I think yeah. this is spot on for my own calling. So I don't even think you realize what the Holy Spirit is definitely using you in this moment, because this is the first time I'm even like stepping up to the plate after I've gone and really surrendered my life over to Christ to even face race things, hmm. because that's what that's I was cool. passionate about yeah. in college. But then it was, it was always anger driven. Mm-hmm. It was always, let me tell you, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. and now it's like, Whoa, I've been three years removed. What does this even look like now that I know who God is and I, think, I know his nature. And you know? I think
2: it's really cool. Jesus always listened probably like five, Or ten times more than you ever spoke. Which is, I think, Christians always speak. They're always, like, down your throat real fast. Like, but Jesus always listened to everyone first. And then through, like, discernment, gave a different answer to every person. Which is kind of neat. It's just kind of cool to think about.
1: Because even what you said, like you said, isn't the way to get over it to stop talking about what has been segregating us. And it's like,
2: huh. Oh, that led me back to my question I really wanted to ask you. (laughs) You have a definition for forgiveness forgiving what's the definition for forgiving
1: i've never defined it i just believe as forgiving what? as so if you
2: forgive somebody what happens to you
1: i release it i'm like god i forgive them i understand that their intentions may not have been what i believe it to be as what has happened i ask that you show me truth but at the same time i'm not going to carry this junk with me because i don't want bitterness and i don't want I don't want it. I want a clear heart. I want to still be able to communicate, to talk with them. I want to still be able to bless them and move forward. I want to forget it. And I think we've been taught, like, oh forgive, but don't forget. No, 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 no. My pastor <laughs> talks about it all the time. The whole part of forgiving is to forget it.
2: Right. Blank slate, white, completely yeah. washed. That's your answer. Like that was your answer, like, how do you get over it's black oppression and slavery? Like the fact that slavery doesn't exist anymore. How do you how do you get over it?
1: It's forgiveness. Anyway, I'm done. Podcast is over for so. It's really, man, yeah. And then it's like even thinking about this, um, but thank God, God is on my side and that God is here and God is just because it's like, okay, let's say I move forward and I believe that the solution for race reconciliation is forgiveness. So outwardly forgiving and operating from a space of not allowing what has been done to stop me from having an authentic relationship and not getting offended at things that may be said by the opposite race because they just don't know and allowing myself to educate them or be educated on how they even got to that resolve of why they felt like that was okay. I can only imagine, oh, God, I need your strength because it's like you when you go out, when you go front line, you're not just standing against people who are against you. You're now standing in front of people who are like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be on mm-hmm. my side. Oh, wow. <laughs> this was such a good, like, this
0: just <laughs> took a turn that I wasn't it, expecting, was but it, how was, he <laughs> yeah. it, was like, it was always
1: confirming. You guys, I just want you to be encouraged because this was, even though Holly did her homework and she had a little bit of a script, <laughs> Shane. <laughs> allow the Lord to pivot him in a different direction. And now this just shows like growth. This just shows forgiveness. This just shows you that sometimes you are in the right position or you're doing the right thing. It's just the wrong timing. Because if I hadn't gone through the three years of what I had gone through, this conversation would look a lot different. Mm -hmm. But for the first time I can fully hear and I can fully see a bigger picture. There's no coincidence that I'm reading a book called Woke Church, but I'm not telling you to go read that because I'm not done yet. So I don't <laughs> really know. Um,
2: I like the title.
1: The solution, yeah, and it it's an interest. It, it's, yeah. I to just leave it on that. So this is Carly Janae.
2: What's, <laughs> your, like, what's your handles? Oh, yeah. Put us with your handles. Where can we find you? Okay, you
1: can follow me at if you just wanna just Carly Janae C A R L E E J A N A E dot com and you can see all my social links. But if you just want my social links, it's at underscore Carly C-A-R L E E J A N A E. That is my Instagram and you can put that into Facebook as well. But if you want my Facebook handle, you can just put at a redeemed eve.
2: Where do you hang out the most? Church. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <On> social media. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so where can I actually go find you in <laughs> <laughs> <at my> church? <laughs>
1: um, oh, yeah. Instagram is my platform
2: of choice. Do you have like a link tree on Instagram? Oh, so, like, yeah, yeah. My
1: podcast, yeah. If right. you go yeah. to my Instagram, you'll get all of that. Or if you go to my website, you'll get all of that. And what's your website? CarlyJanae.com. All right, guys. all right guys thanks so much this is carly <laughs> jane <the> follow <laughs>